following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, as we like to call it the Sports Talk Revolution. We are partners, proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network, and through that partnership, you can also hear us on Podcast One. You are listening to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, man? What up, man? Just, uh, you know, in the middle of these, uh, you know, this started the holiday season and uh, oh and all that goes with that. So Lovely. Um, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. There is uh, there is bad in the holiday season. So, yeah, we, I think we were talking a little bit last week about um, – you know the uh, the aftershock of Halloween. My daughter, you know, I never, I never even really talked about this part. My daughter got like a crazy candy haul. I swear, like she got more candy than I did as a kid. And like I had the, I had the routes mapped out. I mean, you and I trick or treated um, probably well past when we really should have been trick or treating. <laughs> yeah, we, we yes. trick or treated together. But when we did it, we had it down, man. I mean, we 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 knew the neighborhoods to go to. We knew, you know, you you take the pillowcase. You don't take the stupid candy bag that rips. Yeah. You take the pillowcase and keep it sturdy. We had that stuff right. down, man. Yeah, and you know, my daughter's same thing. We're we're out for an hour and she must have, you know, she got about a ten pound bag and I was like, <laughs> This is crazy. Like yeah. you know, I used to have to to hustle hard to get that, you know, to get that. She goes out for an hour and you know, and I'm lugging the bag the bag around because she's kids these days, it. man. Kids these days. Yeah, man. I think I think, you know, people are just a lot a lot more friendlier. Yeah, <laughs> they were, when we were, yeah, when the, we were growing the, up. Then Flor- Florida in the '80s. I think that's probably a safe bet. Ah, uh, so we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, I don't know if we'll get to all of it. Um, we have Le'Veon Bell. I know we'll talk about that. Um, the NFL. We'll probably briefly talk about them moving the game um, from Mexico City to the Rams. Um, Dez, we have that. We have uh, Carmelo Anthony. We got Jimmy Butler, uh, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. I don't know if we'll get to all of it, but we'll see where it goes. Um, but you know what? Um, I don't really have a, a ton of a ton of stuff. You mentioned you mentioned holidays, Sam. Uh, before we get into the sports, so my mom called me up this week, and uh, she's Christmas shopping. So my my family, Sam, you know my family. We usually get together for Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is like next week, if you can believe this is the last episode that's, crazy. that's going to drop before Thanksgiving. So it's a quick, quick year. Um, Thursday, you know, I think the month started with the Thursday or something like that. So we get our fourth Thursday early this month, which is cool with me. We get an extra season of Christmas uh, or extra week of the Christmas season. So that's cool. Right. But um, she called me and what we do in my family is uh, we combine Christmas and Thanksgiving uh, because we all live in different parts of the country. We all kind of converge for that one week a year. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there this year. But um, nevertheless, my mom called me and she said she's uh, looking for something for my nephew. And they were in Ross, um, fine retailer, um, (laughs) Ross. And uh, she she said, you know, are you familiar with the with the brand spider. And I'm like, yeah, spider. Yeah, I know them. I know they, they come out with like snowboarding pants and I think they're kind of like a, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know them. I was like, why are you asking? She's like, well, we have a, we have a jacket. We don't know if he's going to be, um, you know, my nephew, if he's going to be into it. And I basically, I was like, why are you, why do you have a jacket? Like, why don't you just give him some video, video games? This is a 15 year old boy. I was like, why don't you just give him some video game stuff or something like that? She's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, 
he just had a birthday because he has a birthday in November. Um, and he, you know, he got a lot of stuff and he doesn't have the list yet. I'm like, mom, let me, let me just, let me just tell you, there has <laughs> never been a 15 year old boy. Um, not, 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 you know, not an entitled boy. We'll say it this way, but, um, there's never been a 15 year old boy that has opened a present and it was closed and they said, Oh, wow. Hey man, I'm, I'm glad I got that spider jacket from Ross. It's, it's not a reaction you're going to get. So just give him the money. Yeah, man, that actually reminds me of uh, my aunt when I was probably like 17. She bought me a full Fila velour sweatsuit from Ross <laughs> <laughs> and and velour. a Fat Farm and a Fat Farm CD uh, book booklet. You know, you used to put all your CDs in like the little booklet so you would have them in your car. What color was it? it was, was it black? Are we talking red? What color was that? Uh... The velour suit. Yeah, oh, man. it was like a, it was like a teal green. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I was like, I, I knew immediately where she got it from, just because I was like, <laughs> I mean, this is like that's right up that alley. Um, and yeah, it was you know I remember calling my other aunts because she was notorious for giving oh really 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 bad gifts. <laughs> And well, I think we all have that in our family. I was talking with my brother about some of the uh, some of the best uh, best worst presents that we ever got, and um, none immediately spring to mind. But like in our extended family gift giving, like I would just get screwed every year. Um, I don't know what the deal was, but like like my um, my my grandmom and my grand my grandfather would give all the cousins money. You know, in the like just a little envelope, it would be like five bucks, ten bucks, or something like that. But whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the amount was, I would always get half of what my other cousins got. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why is it so? Like, I, 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 um, I started referring to it as the Hamilton shaft, as in the Alexander Hamilton, the ten dollar bill, because all my other cousins would get a twenty and I'd get a ten, and it happened like every year. It wasn't just like, a, oh, she forgot the other ten dollar bill in the, in, you know, in your in your envelope. It's like, it, you know, once is once is something, to, you know, more of the times than that's a trend. So, yeah. um, you know, never got never got that answer. Yeah, you know, no, I never brought it up. I never brought. It. That's <laughs> something you would do. I'm not. I'm not going to go to my. My Mima and say, you know, where's my other tenor? <laughs> I mean, I, I just want to know what's going on here. I mean, maybe they maybe they were stashing something else for you away somewhere, and you know, you have some money that's unclaimed. Um, well, if I did or if I do, it will remain unclaimed because nobody's telling me anything about it. So you don't know, man. You do that Florida unclaimed monies thing. I I, I found that I had like two hundred dollars that was unclaimed. It's pretty cool. I'm gonna write that down. There's an unclaimed thing in Florida. Yeah. Is this like Broward I, County? You, Broward get, County? They can't count their votes, and they, nah, you know, they're yeah, all. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you the. I'll get you the the info. Yeah, man, give it, give it to me. I could use that for you. Yeah, money. yeah, man. You had 200 bucks just sitting around there. Yeah, it was like there was something from like an old like um like an old paycheck. Huh. And there was like a deposit or something that Heck yeah. I had never gotten. Yeah. Well, I yeah, used to work. Crazy. I used to work at uh, at the illustrious University of Central Florida um, uh, University, and so I, I worked for the state. So I'm sure if there was something that could be screwed up, <laughs> it would be something from the state of Florida. Um, Check paying, it out, man. To me. Yeah. Check it out. I definitely yeah. will, man. I could be sitting on millions of dollars at this point in back pay. It could be. Could be. Could be get that interest. There you go. Yeah. 
All right, man, let's move sports. it over. Yeah, sports. <laughs> let's move it to uh, Le'Veon Bell, man. So he didn't report. I got to say, like, he has got to be the worst negotiator of all time. <laughs> um, I don't know what in the world he's thinking. Like, I, I got, like, I understood the holding out. I understood the idea of, like, I don't want to put miles on my body. But right. it, it almost seems like now he's, like, flirting with retirement. Because here's what I don't understand. Uh, we, we, we talked about – we've talked about this number of times, and I think we even talked about it last week when uh, um, when Noah was on from uh, from the fan-sided blog. Uh, you know, Bell sits out, and this uh, Pittsburgh offense is a powerful offense. James Conner comes in and puts up numbers immediately. As you um, said, he would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I wasn't sure. Like, I knew he would produce, right? I knew he would, he would do well, but I wasn't sure how, how effective he would be. But it looks like he's basically. I don't want to say Le'Veon Bell's equal, but he's probably like ninety percent of the way there. I don't know that anybody would even argue with that. And he right. might be and, more like ninety-five percent of the way there. And less drama. Less drama. <laughs> And significantly right. less money. I mean, he's right. on a rookie salary. He's probably making right. seriously like maybe fourteen million dollars less than Le'Veon Bell. Um, right. You know, maybe more. I can't remember what that tag number was. I thought it was fourteen. It might be sixteen. I can't remember. But like, you know, James Conner's probably making like five hundred grand um, right. on a cap number, something like that. So you know, of course, he'll he'll make some bonus money after the year. Um, when, you know, they they have like a nice little bonus structure if if people significantly outperform their contract, which Connor mm-hmm. will. But of course, Le'Veon Bell's not going to be with them next year. But right, he this whole thing by him not coming in and signing this tender to to be on the team for the rest of the season, he's just giving um he's just giving Pittsburgh the ability to just refranchise him again and no problem. And they're going to use the transition tag on him. Right. Just to spite him. He's got bad people in his ear. I don't get it, man. Like, I, I don't know if like it's bad said, people or, like if, or if he's in his own ear. I don't know what – I don't know who's who's guiding his career at this point, but it's just madness. Well, yeah, and I saw Roethlisberger. I texted him, you know, before the deadline. It was like – and never heard back from him. Like, it's a weird dude, man. Like <laughs> It's, yeah, I guess I like don't, I don't get it, man. I I understood, you know, like you said, like not wanting to put in the miles on the body when, you know, he's he's trying to get more money later down the line. But I didn't think he was going to sit out the whole year. Like I, that's I, almost it's almost unprecedented. Like yeah, it's crazy. It hasn't happened in a long, long time. The the one that I can remember, um, and I think there were a couple more, but the one that I can remember that sat out the entire year was uh, Sean Gilbert. And of course Washington, and that's probably why I know it. But you know Washington, mm-hmm. they, they were going to franchise him. He's a defensive tackle, um, and uh, they franchised him. He sat out the whole year, and then the next year they just came around and franchised him again. And then, um, and then they ended up trading him away for like a king's ransom, I think, to Carolina or something like that. But Le'Veon Bell, like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna trade for him at this point. Now, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL GM. You know, weird personality and drama aside, I'm saying, you know what? Like, a lot of Le'Veon Bell might have been the system. Like, is Le'Veon Bell right. is Le'Veon Bell going to go to um, Buffalo and be the Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh? Is he going to go to, I don't know, I'm just tr- trying to throw names out here, bad teams, Oakland. Right. Is he going to go to right. Oakland and be the Le'Veon Bell he was in Pittsburgh? I'm sorry, but, you know, as good as he is, he he's not going to be because – Let's face it, Antonio Brown's taking some pressure off, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, he was in a, he was in a fantastic system. Um, Emmett Smith, for example, let's just go back to the 90s. Emmett Smith, 
you know, all-time leading rusher. Very good running back, of course. Um, but if Emmett Smith played for the Arizona Cardinals in the 90s, would he have been the all-time leading rusher? No, he wouldn't have. And, right. you know, it, it helps that Emmett Smith had Troy Aikman and Mike Irvin. Um, and I and I think, you know, to Emmett's credit, he knew that. I think he held out for a little bit of money, but I don't think he was really just trying to walk away. Le'Veon Bell's walking away from, yes, a lot of carries, sure, but he's walking away from legacy. He's walking away from wins. And he's walking away, guys, from $14 million. Right. Or 16 or whatever the cap number was. I apologize. I can't remember the exact total. And he's going to get, he's going to probably next year get transition tagged, which means that he'll be able to negotiate with other teams, but the other teams are going to have to give up a first round pick or whatever Pittsburgh decides to take in advance. But basically, Pittsburgh will be able to control him next year at a, at a reasonable cap number without really even wanting him on the team. It, it was just, it's, it just defies logic. Yeah. And, you know, you, I get it, like, but you're, it's another year away, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. so yeah, you didn't get hurt that year, but you still, your body got older, you know, like, and well, how old is he? Uh, I think he feel like he's like 27 ish. So he's like higher twenties, but okay, still so signable twenties. Okay. Yeah. So he's in that window, but barely, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> barely. And, and I'm sure he was hoping that Connor was going to come in and just fall flat on his face and well i mean the, the, like, oh, the, you know yeah the reports but, say that they were cool and that Le'Veon bell was very appreciative but of course i mean anybody in that situation wants to wants to see like the team struggle and i'll tell you i was right. talking i was talking about emmett smith so like um i don't know if it was just after a super bowl year or maybe like at the beginning of their last super bowl season like 94 ish somewhere around there he held out for two games and the team was poor and they got the contract done well i mean pittsburgh right. he he held out connor immediately had a great game in week one against Con, um against cleveland um it, it, he, he's just played well and he's continued to play well when they've fed him the ball so um i don't know Le'Veon. not uh not the best move not no the best move, stupid man. yeah stupid like he, he can go to philadelphia maybe next year that was one of the rumored teams and maybe they'll pay him a lot of money but philadelphia spreads the ball around like he's not going to go you know, right. these, these guys, I get it, man. You, you you don't want to get 450 carries. Maybe you want to get 300 or 370 touches or something like that. I get that part of it. But, man, I mean, when you're looking back, like, it's not a slam dunk anymore that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame if he finds himself in a bad situation. So maybe right. that matters. Maybe it doesn't. But, uh, you know, what does matter is he's not getting those 10 digits in his bank account this year. I can tell you that. True. True that. Uh, moving it on, uh, we didn't get to this last week, Sam, but Des Bryant finally signed um, in New Orleans, and then like two days later, he uh, shredded his his Achilles, which is a bummer. You know, I, I I'm not a big Des fan, but I never want to see people get hurt. Um, and you know, I know like this is an interesting thing too. And I thought this would was actually going to be applicable to to Bell when he when he signed his tender. Of course, he never signed. But um, it, it's always interesting. These guys, like I know Des Bryant stayed in shape. You know, of course, we all saw him, saw the videos on social media. But you know, these guys stay in shape. But football shape and cutting and doing these hard jump cuts and everything, it's a whole different thing. And what I what I see, um, and it's and it's been a trend. I mean, it's pretty documented over time. Um, you know, players that hold out a training camp. Or you know you know maybe even get into like late in like super late in preseason you know week four of preseason they start to come back. What you see is are the players in shape? Yeah, do they pass their physical? Yeah, but once they start making football moves and running, you start to see like hamstrings get pulled in these guys. You start to see unfortunately like knees get shredded. You see an Achilles pop, 
And it's just really hard for these guys because the rest of the team, they can't wait for you. They're already going 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And your body, especially, man, you know, like Sam, you and me, I mean, 36, 37 years old, like my body doesn't move like it did. <laughs> you know, I can't roll out of bed and run sprints anymore. I got to work up to it, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how their bodies are. They can't go zero to 60 without, you know, <laughs> you know, they can't go straight into a Ferrari. So they need that time. And, you know, like you said, their their team's already past where they are. And, you know, as soon as I saw I saw that on your Twitter that, you know, uh, when you you mentioned that Mm -hmm. and I was like, no, that's exactly right. That happens in every sport. Anyone that sits, you know, a lot of people that sit out, they try to come in, jumpstart and it usually leads to injuries. And unfortunately for him, man, yeah, like you said, I'm not a big Des fan either, but it was really weird for me that he wasn't getting picked up. And I was kind of at a certain point like, all right, well, somebody picked this guy up. <laughs> and then, it, you know, it, it did suck to see like two days in, you know, that I mean, that's a major injury, too. So yep. you just wonder you wonder if he's if he's done. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure he'll rehab himself back, but you know, now now he's dinged up. They always say that, um, you know, once you go under the knife, your body is never quite the same. Um, which I can actually attest to as well. I mean, I never, I was a, I was a quick little uh, water bug. Um, you know, I used to play a lot of flag football and stuff, and I was. I was the Wes Welker Sam of flag football. I would, uh, <laughs> I was running the slot. I was, I was unstoppable, man. As a little five foot eight little little just fast guy that could catch right and then um then i i had this weird <laughs> this weird injury um i had to have like surgery done it was the whole thing i won't go into that story but i came back and um to this day i cannot accelerate like i did um before that and it's it and i never was i mean i was probably at my physical prime at about like i would say like 29 years old when i was in the best shape of my life but i could not run fast anymore like once i had my my muscle basically filleted open in that surgery it's just never come back man um and to this day still i always because of that cert like after that surgery i always roll my ankle so i have to play with like these crazy ankle braces any game like any sport that i play whether it's you know, it could be softball, it could be basketball, it could be anything. I always roll my ankle um, in a very painful way. I probably have scar tissue all over the place. But, um, yeah, man, it's like, so Des, I mean, getting back to him, he's going to go under the knife. I know he already had surgery, and they say it went well. But, you know, an older receiver with some kind of emo stuff on the sidelines, um, you know, I don't know. I hope he, he, he ate a nice piece of humble pie this year because that's what it's really going to take for him to get back into the NFL if he wants to get back there. Yeah, and it took forever for him to get picked up this year, and he was perfectly healthy. Right. You know, and now, you know, this is a big – I mean, because the Achilles, Achilles is weird, especially for anybody that needs to to use their legs to propel and jump, um, which is a big part of his game, it, you know. <laughs> It's tough. You know, you see it in basketball. Guys never come back, you know, right from Achilles. Right. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how this all works out. Yep, yep. And um, I I will say this, too. I I think that I think that part of the reason he was um, sidelined for so long is I think there were some teams that were interested in him, um, but he was looking for more money. Um, and so I think he, he probably had a little bit of an inflated value of himself, um, given what he had accomplished in the last, you know, the more recent, 
uh, memory. Because here's the thing, and I, and I mentioned this on other shows too, and I'll compare him to DeAndre Hopkins, who I wasn't super high on before the 2017 season. But when DeAndre Hopkins played last year with uh, with Deshaun Watson, when he when he came on and uh, you know he had that amazing, I think maybe four to seven game stretch Watson did to, to debut. You know, Hopkins was you know just grabbing everything he was producing. Well, then Watkins went down, and then they had um, Houston basically had the poo-poo platter of backup quarterbacks. I think Brandon Whedon was thrown to him for the bulk of the rest of the season. They had that old Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh quarterback for the right for the life of me, I can't remember his name. Not Dan Marino, another one. Um, but um, <laughs> no, he, he like but Hopkins produced no matter who played, and he was the only player in Houston that produced at the same level regardless of Watsonism. So so I looked at Hopkins and I thought, you know what, that is. That is a number one wide receiver. Bryant, you know, as soon as Romo goes away, he couldn't produce anymore with Dak Prescott. And, um, you know, to me, that that was kind of indicative of where he was as a football player, which isn't a big deal. But, you know, if you're looking for, let's say, um, who was the big free agent signing? Well, I guess Sammy Watkins, but that's not a great uh, great example. But if you're looking for, like, Antonio Brown money, uh, you got to put up Antonio Brown numbers, and you certainly yeah. can't, can't be yelling at your quarterback and coaches on the sideline. But, uh, <laughs> no. but you know, but to end this segment, let me put the blame firmly back in Jerry Jones's corner. He waved him way too late in the offseason after all the big free agency money was gone. Des Bryant should have been happily in Baltimore, um, you know, to round out that right receiving core. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that didn't happen because Jones basically screwed him over um, because of his indecisiveness. So screw that guy. Screw him. Screw him, man. Screw him. Tell him to go make out with Papa John. I know they're in love with each other. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let me let me quickly get through. So I, I, I did something on the Get Paid podcast. I was talking with Brad, um, and we just kind of did on the fly – our top five teams. So I kind of want to go through, I thought it would be fun to go through my top 10 teams at the moment, my power index. And I just kind of put this, when I put my list together, I'm thinking about teams in the playoffs, um, who can win the Super Bowl, um, not like who has the best record now and not. So I'm going to have one provocative choice, I think, on the list. But I'll just go from 10, and I, I'll start with my provocative choice here. Not, my number 10 team right now is Indianapolis. Um, they're 4-5, and five, but they've won three straight. But the reason I have them is this team is completely different with uh, Marlon Mack running the ball when they don't have Marlon Mack I think they're like 1 and 1 and 5 and I th- um no I should say 0 and 5 I think Marlon Mack even played the game that they won but uh with Mack they're either undefeated or they're like you know 3 and 1 4 and 1 something like that so um they are good with him in the lineup. Uh, number nine for me is Chicago. Uh, they're a lot better than I gave them credit for. Trubisky's playing really well. Number eight is Carolina, which I think is maybe a little bit too low on them, but the problem is they're super inconsistent. Uh, that said, uh, I do have Minnesota at number seven, higher than Carolina and Chicago. We'll see if I look like a moron this weekend, but I do think Minnesota is going to handle business um, and jump past Chicago in the uh, the NFC North. Number six for me is the Chargers. They did not quite make it to the top five, but it is what it is. There's still time. Uh, Number five is New England for me. Uh, They are not playing great. I don't like what I see in Tennessee, but let's be honest, nobody wants to face them in the playoffs. I think they're a different team at home than they are on the road, as as is the case with my number 14, Pittsburgh. So for me, I still think the AFC Championship game is looking like 
maybe New England and Pittsburgh. It could be uh, Pittsburgh and New England and another team that I have a little bit higher. But uh, one of those teams needs to get home field advantage. And if those two teams, Pittsburgh and New England, play, I'm going to go with whoever is playing at home in that matchup. Number three for me is the L.A. Rams, uh, which that might be low for some people, but they've been kind of skating by. I don't think that they've that they're playing at their prime. I think their their peak was the first four games of the season. Don't love what I'm seeing with them. Now, I still think they're an amazing team. I still think that they would match up well against, say, Pittsburgh and New England. Um, but we saw what New Orleans did to them earlier in the season, and uh, they are also playing this week the number two team on my list, Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to shred the Rams, and don't forget the Rams also lost Cooper Cup for the season. I think that's going to be a big loss for them. Kansas City, man, I did not see Mahomes playing this well this soon. I thought he was going to be good, but not as great as he has been playing. Uh, the proof is in the pudding, though. We've seen Kansas City start out hot. The difference with this team, though, is one, I think uh, Mahomes will push the ball downfield when it gets cold. Um, Alex Smith could never do that. And two, Kansas City's defense has been banged up all year. Barry hasn't been playing. They've been, uh, I think they've been missing Houston for most of the year. They're actually going to get stronger, theoretically. So as long as they can get past that uh, late-season slump like we've been seeing you know, the last like four or five years, and I think they will, I think they are definitely a Super Bowl contender. And then number one on my list is New Orleans. Um, they're just rolling through people. They might be peaking at the wrong time, but if they can keep it rolling and playing this hot, I don't know that anybody outside of maybe Kansas City can beat them. So there you go. There's my top 10. Well, the uh, we've now reached the midway point, if you can believe it, in the NFL and college football seasons, and each game becomes more and more important. In the NFL, the uh, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, they're all emerging as the teams to beat. Uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh, San Diego, and Houston are all playing very strong as well. In college football, Alabama is clearly the best team in the country, uh, but you know what? Notre Dame, Clemson, Michigan, they're all nipping at the heels, and there is only one place to get in on all the action. It's betonline.ag. Don't wait any longer. Use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. In the NBA, Milwaukee, Toronto, Golden State, and Denver are all starting off on a high note. And in the NHL, Nashville and Tampa are sitting at the top with the best records. Don't miss out anymore on all of this incredible action. Go online or use your mobile phone to sign in and use promo code PODCAST1 for that 50% welcome sign-up bonus. You can also try live in-game betting where available. Once again, everybody, go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sam, let's move it over to the NBA. So we had a few interesting stories this week. Let me start with let me start with Jimmy Butler because that actually, um, you know, that broke over the weekend last weekend and this drops on Friday. So what do you think of the trade, man? I mean, how do you how do you see the fit? What do you think the, about the trade itself? I mean, it, Philadelphia gave up some some very solid pieces to, to land Butler. And then we could talk a little bit about like whether or not they can uh, actually sign him going forward. Well, I think they I think they can sign him and I think I think for Philadelphia it was a smart move. Um because they're they're not gonna attract any other free agents this coming summer. Um and I like I like it when teams are aggressive. Um so they were not gonna attract a KD or a Kawhi or anyone at Clay. They they know they're not they're not gonna be on these guys' radars. Um and I feel like they, they they need a little bit of veteran, you know, and this is kind of funny leadership, but I think Jimmy Butler can can provide that. And I mean he is a top twenty player. 
um, has been an all-star for the past, I believe, five years, six years. Um, so you're not going to get a guy like that in free agency. Um, so Elton Brand's big first move as a GM is to to go out and, yeah, they gave up some guys, but they gave up some guys that were going to be on expiring deals and guys that were going to have to resign anyways. Um, so I, I'm, I'm actually good with it. They, um, no one expected, expected Toronto to be as good as they're playing. Yeah. Milwaukee's playing really well. Boston is, you know, kind of teetering, but you know, they're still aggressive. Um, so I think Philadelphia saw a bunch of teams get better and they needed to do something. Um, because, you know, um, the next couple of years in the East, this, this thing seems up for grabs. So, um, you know, you're trying to get to the finals and at least give yourself a chance. Um, and I think this, this made their team better. Yeah. And, and we, we talked about that, um, in the beginning of the season too. I mean, we kind of both felt like this is Boston's conference, although Toronto's certainly having their say, but you know, Boston's starting slow. I'm not, re- I'm not really concerned about Boston. Um, they're still trying to integrate yeah. all the pieces that were injured from last year. Yeah. Boston's weird. They, they are, they just, they have too much. They have too much <laughs> yeah. going on, you yeah. know, and, it's been kind of strange because I, I don't, you know, it's the first time I really think Brad Stevens has been really perplexed about what to do and what lineups to go with and all this stuff. And there's talk now that Gordon Hayward actually may come off the bench, um, you know, for the betterment of the team. And he just doesn't look, he just doesn't look right. Um, you know, it's like we were talking about it. It's hard to come back from injuries it's hard to come right back and, you know, and, you know, he pretty much had a full year off. Um, but it's more of anything. It's the confidence, you know, that you're not going to get hurt again and that sure. you can play with the same aggression that you were playing with before and the same, like, you know, kind of free will. Um, so I think Boston will figure it out, um, you know, it, it is it is still early in the season. Um, yeah, I mean, this Phil, almost really got me. better. Yeah, Philly got better. I I, I want to say this about Boston, and I'll move it back to Philly, too, because I have a couple more questions for you. But um, the uh, the Celtics this year are kind of reminding me of almost maybe like those the, the first year of LeBron in Miami uh, when, they, right. when they got Bosch. And, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to figure out what to do with the rotation, what to do with the lineup. And I think that... I think what will end up happening is like, you know, maybe around Christmas or, or after that, somewhere around there, they'll start to like go on a tear. And I think at this point, Toronto is probably going to be the number one team in the conference. Um, you know, I, I just don't see Milwaukee. I mean, what, what do you think about? OK, you know what? Let's put a pin on that because because I'm getting a little bit too, too yeah. out of my way. Let's go back to Philly for just a second. Uh, uh-huh. How do you see Butler playing with Embiid and with Simmons? Well, I think that I think he compliments well the thing that they need to try to go get they need to put shooters around these guys because sure. um you know if if you can't if you can't make threes in today's NBA game you're just you're going to get passed over sure um so you know ideally they have another slot and I think that they're going to try to get a veteran just a sharpshooter a Kyle Korver or somebody like that that can really help stretch the floor um, I think Phil, I think Philly right now is maybe the third or fourth best team, but they were, they were sinking lower. Um, and I think this move was made more, not so much for this year, but, but going forward, 
Um, yeah, and so, it's all it's 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 all going to be about whether or not they can resign him. Um, you know, I think the trade was a good one, and I and the NBA, if you can get a superstar, I think you trade the you know, the all-stars or the, the solid contributors, I think you got to make that move. So I think it was a good move, but just like this um, Toronto thing, like Toronto's starting so hot with Kawhi Leonard. I remember what we said before the season is like, hey, if, if there's no chance that he's going to sign, you can kind of see what the team's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. Or if the team doesn't look like it's going to contend, you could always just trade him at the deadline and see what you can get for him. You know, trade him to the Lakers or something like that, or the, or the Clippers, right. wherever he wants to go. But now they're playing; they're starting so hot, and if they can keep this thing going, you know, Toronto's really going to be possibly making a, a one and done type, um, you know, type type deal for the for Kawhi Leonard. Like you don't know if he's if he's going to sign back. And you know, I know I think you mentioned before that like he seems to be enjoying himself in Toronto, and maybe mm-hmm. he does resign. But I would still bet against it, man. Where are you leaning on that right now? I mean, right now I'm I'm thinking he might he might kind of like it because he's you know not um, not in that battle like the West is, and um, the spotlight's not on him as much because. You know, it's not a huge market, you know, for the right. NBA. Right. Um, so I, I think he kind of likes that. Um, it all just depend, man. He's a he's a strange guy. I don't I, I mean, San Antonio was ready to build around him with all that success that they've had. And, you know, and he didn't want to be there anymore. So sometimes these guys, you just don't know what they're thinking. Well, maybe it's a thing where like he's he's completely comfortable being being just the B option. Um, that's something we talked about a while ago, and um, like a few episodes or maybe many episodes back. And like you mentioned, Toronto, like Toronto, first and foremost, is a hockey market. I mean, they like their ma- right. maple leaves, and uh, they also like their Blue Jays quite a bit. But you know, it is a it is a major sports town. I mean, they might not have mm-hmm. an NFL team, but they have Buffalo that's about an hour hour and a half away. I know they all root for Buffalo, and Buffalo, right. I think, will even occasionally play a, a game in Toronto. Um, it, it, occasionally, like once every like five or ten mm-hmm. years or something. Um, whereas San Antonio, Sam, I mean, you and I grew up in Orlando. San Antonio is very much a Hey, all we have is the Spurs, just like Orlando right. is, and all we have is the Magic and right. the press. You know, that's all they're talking about. The sports reporters are always talking right. about San Antonio, and that can be pretty polarizing. And you know, they'll build build you up, but then there's going to be another columnist whose job is basically to put you down. And if right. you're kind of sensitive and you don't really love or crave the spotlight, and Kawhi does not strike me as a guy that craves the spotlight. You know, um, he just wants to, I think, you know, go about his business, have some fun playing basketball. And I think he's competitive. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he's like he just always wants the cameras in his business all the time. No, not at all. So so Toronto might be an interesting fit, Um, you know, maybe like a team. And I know I'm not saying this is a possibility, but like a team like Milwaukee might be a decent fit where they have the Brewers and then they have basically the Packers. And those are the two towns and they have the uh, the Bucks, but it's not like the Bucks are the thing there, just like the Toronto Raptors aren't the thing. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's why he was interested in the Clippers more so, because they're the less interesting Los Angeles team, historically speaking. So, yeah, and and, and he's from he's from the LA area, right? Um, and you know the Clippers, the Clippers are actually they're a fun, aggressive little team, and I think Doc Rivers does the best with with these kind of teams, teams with no superstars and teams that are just gritty yeah and you know he's not the team president and the gm anymore he's just a coach and he's probably having his you know one of his best coaching years um 
because all he's doing is got a bunch of guys that are buying in and there's no superstar egos on the team and and they're out there you know um moving you know moving the needle and it, it you know that's that's fun to see so I remember Doc Rivers basically created Ben Wallace <laughs> back in the, you remember well, Ben yeah. Wallace Ben Wallace the of, heart and uh, hustle they had the heart yeah. and hustle team and that was a fun team but there was not a star on that team and they were pushing for the A seed or whatever and you know the town of Orlando was all about it and that's you know that's very reminiscent of what's going on right now with uh with the Clippers. Sure. Um, so I wanted to go back. I touched on Milwaukee um, a couple minutes ago. What do you think of them, man? I, I mean, to me, they, they strike me as a team, and I, I don't consider myself an expert. I mean, I'm a more high-level basketball guy, just like you are with the NFL, Sam. You're more of a high-level NFL guy, right. and I drill into the NFL. Um, but NBA, my impression is uh, Milwaukee is basically – uh, you know, ten guys, um, you know, ten, uh, an eleven guy rotation, maybe or an eight guy rotation, but mm-hmm. it's basically Giannis. <laughs> you know, and I don't I, like. I know they're they're starting the season, you know, pretty hot right now, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's sustainable for a whole regular season and the playoffs. You, we shall see. Um, this was the year a lot of people had pegged for Giannis's kind of coming out season, and so far it's, you know. Um, it's working its way out like that. They have a bunch of good, good glue guys um, that are happy, more than happy to let Giannis be the face of the team, um, which is what you need. You need guys around that are just going to say, all right, I don't really care. Like, I'm going to still get mine, but he's going to get all the press. Um, and you got to be okay with that. Eric Bledsoe is having a really, really good year. Um, really had some really high point games, really good move in the rock. Um, a lot of assist. Um, but everyone talks about Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, another really, really good player. That's having a really good year for them. Um, so you're right. They go deep. They're not a seven man rotation. They go 11, 12, um, and they have a new coach this year. And I think, uh, Buholzer is, you know, he, he's good with these kind of teams and, and this is where a coach makes his money in the NBA. Yep. Yep. Doing little, little tweaks here and there. And it's all about keeping guys motivated. What do you think about this, uh, this stuff with Carmelo? Carmelo. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I don't, but this I soon? don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand like why, like where the conversations were like you did you not did either they not tell him he was going to come off the bench or did they tell him he was going to you know that he was going to start and now he's not or did he say he was fine coming off the bench and then decided I'm not fine coming off the bench I don't get it man like and I think in his head he's a much better player than he is right now. Like maybe like Des um, Bryant, Des Bryant before the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's hard for these guys that are these perennial all-stars and always the face of their teams from the time they're, you know, six years old until the time they're, you know, what is he? 33, 34. And to one day walk into a place and you're not the guy anymore. Um, I'm sure is a really tough thing, um, but he should, he should go to still he, want, should, he should go to China and play with uh, Stefan Marbury. Right? Yeah. So if you want to go somewhere and just put up a bunch of numbers and and be the guy, 
then go do that. You know, there's there's leagues all over the world. But if you want to extend your NBA career and you want to try to win, which, you know, I don't know if it's always been on the top of Carmelo's, um, you know, wish list winning. Um, then you could go and be a really good bench guy somewhere and extend your career another five years like Allen Iverson should have been able to do. But some of these guys, it's just not in them. And, you know, if your time has passed and you can't live with it, maybe it's time to hang them up. Where do you think he could fit right now? Like, it, what teams do you think he should go to? I mean, it, it, other than maybe a bottom dweller, maybe Phoenix. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, if he wants to play the way that he is accustomed to playing, then he needs to go to a really bad team. That don't, don't go to a top market team. But I heard the teams on his list are Portland, um, Miami, and L.A. So, I mean, you might as well go join your boy LeBron in L.A. Um, but you're going to come off the bench there, too. So I don't understand. Right. I don't know. I don't know. How's L.A. been playing? Um, they're starting to put it together. They had a really good signing with Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler got waived oh, yeah, by, yeah. The, um, by the, uh, by the Suns, and he's come in the first two games with him. Um, he had a big defensive stop at the end of one game that won him a game. And then he had another and another game. So he's really helped them on the defensive end. And that's been a good addition for their team. Very good. So they're at about, they're at about 500 now. Um, after after a rocky start, so well, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting, especially with uh, Houston just looking like they're they're going to take a while to get it <laughs> to get anything going. I mean, yeah. like at this point, like I mean, you have obviously you have the Warriors up top. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but you have the Warriors. I know the, uh, Denver started hot, but I know they lost a couple of games. I'm trying to think like who could really challenge for that number. Two seed. I guess it would still be Houston at the end of the day. Uh, maybe it'll be addition by subtraction once they uh, they do ditch Carmelo, assuming that that report is correct. And I I have to think it is. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I, I, I it's just going to be a bunch of teams. I think, and the Lakers could very yeah. well be in the mix there. And and Utah's taking a step backwards. They're not as good this year as I, they yeah. they were last year. Um, yeah, Denver is kind of teetering. Um, the Pelicans are playing really well. Um, Anthony Davis is just a stud, um, and they're going to do everything they can do. Oh, that's another team that's on Carmelo's list is the Pelicans. Um, so, What a stupid if, name for a franchise, huh? It's terrible, man. I've had this conversation with many people, and I'm like, really? Can we get like the, the most – the like laziest bird – like, yeah, like I get it. Like it's right on the Gulf and there's probably a lot of pelicans there, but there's a ton of like alligators and like swamp creatures. Like we're going to come up with a stupid bird. I don't. Yeah, man. Like I, I, so of all the things, New Orleans, like, New Orleans is one of the, the freaking coolest cities in the country. And, um, and if you haven't been, if you're somebody who likes to like experience different things, if you haven't been in New Orleans, just go there because it's like stepping into a different country. It really is. And it's really awesome. Um, and like, there's just great music, um, everywhere, um, regardless of what kind of music you like, there's, you're going to be able to find it. 
Uh, it's not just Bourbon Street. There's like a ton of stuff to do there. It's one of the it's one of the places that I'm like begging like all all you guys, Sam, on the guys trip to go like experience New Orleans sometime just for like a weekend or something because it's freaking incredible. But uh, it, it's more than Pelicans. I can tell you that. Like I don't <laughs> I don't go there and think, hey man, let's uh, let's go you know Pelican watching. Like it's it's so stupid. And look, I know like they had. You know they had the the New Orleans Jazz back in the day, which made a lot of sense. And now for some reason they're the U- Utah Jazz. I don't even think they have a jazz bar in the whole the whole state of no, Utah. No, I, I think it. Yeah, I don't. I think jazz is like prohibited from being played in Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's frowned upon. It's frowned <laughs> yeah. upon that kind of music. Yeah. That kind of devil. That yeah, devil music. The devil. Yeah. The devil's music, right? But um, yeah. <laughs> no, what they like is tabernacle choirs. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, so dumb name, dumb name, it's man. Dumb Pelican. name, yeah. It's terrible. But they're playing well, very, very well. He's a stud, and they're trying to keep him. So, um, they want, they want, to, they're hoping they do real well. Yeah. <laughs> so well, they can pay him more than anybody else, so that helps. But uh, yeah, we'll see. They what can. He just, yeah, he just recently signed with the bronze guy, um, with Clutch mm. Sports, um. So people are starting to say, well, that's, that's starting to open the door. But um, but he's saying all the right things and he wants to be there and all that stuff. But we all know how that goes. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so moving over to the Warriors. So Durant and Draymond Green, man, a little scuffle. What do you think? Well, um, normally I'm like, all right, well, this kind of stuff happens. And I'm sure they'll be fine and it'll all go. But. He must have said some pretty um, some pretty foul shit <laughs> um, to to get. I've never seen a guy get suspended for verbally fighting with his teammate. Um, so, and I know it did either, it did come back into the locker room after the game too. So it persisted, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but from what I'm what I am understanding is there was no physical like altercation right it was all verbal which is really strange to see a guy get suspended for that um by his own team now there's a couple ways you can look at it are the warriors trying to make sure that they know that okay kevin we got your back you know because we do know you have free agency coming this summer like we don't tolerate this kind of crap um Supposedly, Draymond said he took some stuff really, like, really far, um, and yeah, and he went he went over the line. Do you have um, Do you know of any of the rumors? Have you heard anything? Well, a lot of the stuff is he's basically, you know, saying like, I guess what it boils down to. I don't know the exact verbiage. Is that you know, we've all like we've all kind of sacrificed and all this stuff, but like every year you keep taking these one, one year deals. And he's like, when are you going to like try to build with us? You know, all you're about is yourself and which is all crap because Durant has taken a ton of less money so that they, they can keep that. They Stephon can sign. Curry, right. Stefan Curry right. makes so, the most in the, in on the team. man. so yeah, as yeah, as he should. Sure. Um, because he was paying on, you know, he's playing way below his contract for a long time. Um, so yeah, I guess he got real personal with that kind of stuff. Um, and 
who knows? They haven't uh, supposedly they haven't spoken since. And trade them. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Trade Durant. Yeah, they won't. Trade them. <laughs> they're not gonna trade. Oh, they're Durant. gonna win. They're gonna win anyway. Trade them. They're gonna win. He's gonna either resign or he's gonna go somewhere he's else. Not, I don't think he'll resign there. And I think Draymond Green, if that's what he was talking about, I think he has a point, frankly. Um, yeah, but and that's I think, not the place to do it. No, I agree. And, I agree. I agree. But like, just like um, you know, we I've been fairly fairly critical of Durant. Um, I wouldn't even say critical. I mean, I'm I, I'm saying kind of what a lot of other people say, and I know you've uh, defended him. And but my thing is like, he, he's signing these one year deals. I guess like LeBron was, but when LeBron was doing that, those your deals in Cleveland it was like kind of like I want to see what what the owner is going to do to really screw this situation up you know there was a reason he was kind of doing it and um, not to say that LeBron certainly didn't have a, a hand in some of the very poor moves that kind of exacerbated Cleveland's downfall and, and you know and all that but Durant you know he's he went to Golden State so he could get his ring or rings or whatever he's there and now he's signing one year contracts because eventually he's going to want to go and and do his own thing in another city. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but that's his right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's his right. I'm not and, criticizing him, but like if you're Draymond Green, I mean he does kind of have a point. It's like, you know, we're we're kind of a brotherhood here. We have you know Curry, and we we built this thing, and and Draymond Green was there, and of course Draymond Green has a little chip on his shoulder because what was he? He was a second round pick, wasn't he? Right. And like so, he's yeah, a second round pick, and he's he like gotta, he's just he's like an afterthought and all that, and um, you know I get it. You know what it was, Sam? You like you watched the fresh he print. should be. He's not a fucking two time, you know. He's not a two time MVP. You know, he, he, Kevin Durant is. Draymond Green is a nice piece. To a good team. Yeah. You know, put him on another team and he's not going to be as effective as he is on that team. Yeah. So he benefits very well by playing with all these sharpshooters. Yeah. Um, it, you know what? Draymond re- Green screwed that game up for them. And Kevin Durant had every right to tell him to pass the damn ball. <laughs> um, so because- you're you're going to like this. You're, you know what it reminded me of? You watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah, of yeah, where they start fighting. Yeah, yeah and and yeah, Carlton, Carlton comes down and he takes the last shot from Will Smith and uh, and um, what was it, an air ball or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's exactly. I mean, that's exactly it. I've seen that floating around. Oh you yeah. Know, since yeah, yeah, oh. you're not. Yeah. You <laughs> no, man, that makes me very proud because no, man, I, I haven't seen that um, that floating around. So I'm I'm glad that uh, other people picked up on that and made it yeah. made popular. So yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I'm sure they'll be fine and all that stuff. But um, I, you know, if if you're saying that crap on the court and stuff, like if you didn't have a problem with that stuff before, don't bring it up then. Yeah, and that's that's my thing with with Draymond. So. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. I can see why he said it, but um, you know, the the bottom line is like he should have passed the ball. <laughs> And it was, it was to me, I mean, I watched the replay a couple times and I was chuckling to myself because it's like, this guy is, is, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of feel like he was like, that was like a little bit of an insecure play. It's like, I'm going to show you that I can win games too kind of play when it wasn't necessarily the the right play to make. And, uh, and, you know, (laughs) Durant, like he said, he's a two-time MVP. He's, in my opinion, the second best player in the NBA uh, behind LeBron. Um yeah, man, you pass it to those guys. You don't, you don't, you don't take it coast to coast. <laughs> no, and he wasn't. And the thing is, I don't even think he was going to try to shoot it. Yeah, I'm sure he was going to try to find somebody else. But give the ball to Durant, man. That's his time <laughs> to shine. 
That's what you know, he's there get for. Get your ass under the basket and get a rebound if if one pops out and you have enough time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. So, uh, yeah, that probably wraps it up for sports. I got the painters here this week in the house. Have I told you about this? Yeah, I mean, you briefly told oh, me in text. My gosh. My, um, so my house is getting painted, and I have moved my, my office um, slash my makeshift uh, recording studio into my bedroom. So I'm sitting in a pitch black room because we record these at night. I'm in a pitch black room staring at a wall and, uh, and I'm just waiting and, and I'm, I'm huffing paint fumes. Um, just where is, where is wifey? Uh, wifey's in a different room in a, in a, in a room that is not, um, filled with paint fumes at the moment. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. We don't want the, we don't want the wifey. Yes. Uh, Yes. chugging chugging paint fumes at the moment right. so yeah right. um yeah so she's off um in uh in one of the guest rooms um you know and then uh, we moved my daughter um from her baby room into another room uh to give her a little bit more space gave her a little nice little lavender pink room so uh she's yeah. she's digging it perfect man Perfect. Moving on up, man. Moving on up. Got you. Changing the got colors. You. Got to feel. Got. I. I have to feel. I have. I have. You know, because we're moving towards the gray. I like a very sterile environment, right? I need yes. to feel clean. And so right. we got the gray, and um, you know, of course, there's nothing on the walls at the moment, but it's just a bunch of gray. And I'm like, man, this feels like I'm in like a concrete like warehouse, which I actually kind of like quite a bit. Right. Uh, right. But we need to get some art on the wall. Uh, you know, we get. Some, we need to get some color in here. Uh, we're getting a bathroom painted in our master bathroom, but uh, it's slowly but surely it's uh, it's starting to feel like a little bit more home than it was because I was dealing with a bunch of dark tans, and it was just giving me like you know it was just making me tired all the time. I need I need, yeah, I, need I don't like the sun, but I do like uh, you know some bright colors. I like to feel like it's day. So uh, no, I got you, man. They they do a lot of studies on that of what colors you're looking at. It's gonna affect your mood. Yeah, man. So. Getting that done, I'm going to have a new energy, a new vibe next week, and it will be our first post-Thanksgiving episode. We are almost into the, the Christmas season. And so actually, you know, anybody who celebrates Hanukkah, that's like the Hanukkah starts in like the second or the third or something like that. I yeah. was talking with Baseball Ilama, we were because he and I, you know, we're working on that book. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get the book out and published in time for both, um, you know, the Hanukkah buying and the, uh, the Christmas buying seasons. And I was checking in with him and I was like, you know, when does Hanukkah start? He's like, you know, like the day after Thanksgiving, basically, <laughs> I'm not go crap. So I don't think we'll yeah. hit that, but you know, that, that book will be out, um, probably, probably by like December 8th. I want to say like that first week we'll, we'll hit. Okay. Yeah, man. Like we, I was, I was originally trying to target like maybe like the 15th ish to the 20th ish. So I could get some last minute Christmas shopping people in, but we'll get it in before mm-hmm. that. And, um, when that book is out, um, you know, it's going to be very much like the, not, not exactly one-to-one comparison. It'll be a lot like the uh, fantasy football almanac that we created, and uh, it's going to be good. There's a lot of value. I have all of Eric's write-ups. I've already edited the National League. I'm writing, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading through his kind of expert advice in the American League. I'm applying some stats to it. That dude, man, his knowledge of the game is just, it never, it never ceases to amaze me how much that guy knows about baseball. Money. Money, man. He knows down to the farm system, so we got some farm system, like guys that can make an impact like in, in like, 
like after the all-star break. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff that no other almanac is going to have. Um, so it's going to be really cool. So we're working on that. And, uh, when, when we are going to set to, uh, to announce or, um, to publish that, I'll make an announcement on the show and we'll make sure we give our listeners a nice hefty discount. Um, and then, you know, everybody that's like, why are you publishing in December? Cause I did get some of that feedback when I was doing some focus groups. Well, the idea is to publish it early and then give you off season, um, spe- specified consulting. So you're going to have access to baseball Lama direct if you have any questions about your lineups or our rankings or if you want us to to tailor our rankings to your leagues we do all that stuff so you know the earlier you get in the, the more service you get really basically so it, it makes sense you're going to get all the updated rankings anyway uh, you're going to get all the updated analysis so it, it really doesn't do you any good to to wait it actually does you more good to uh, to buy early so keep an eye out for that um but uh that's that's my plug for the week um i think we can edit sam do you have anything else interesting happening from the week or anything you're looking forward to this week no nah, man, just everyone have a good uh, have a good Thanksgiving, and no matter what you're going through, people are going through worse stuff, and you know, uh, just be good to each other and 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 enjoy and enjoy what you can. Yep, yep. Be good to each other. I mean, remember that uh, as bad as anybody has it in this country, it could be a lot worse. A lot around the world. I travel around the world uh, quite a bit for work, and I see. Um, a, let me just say this. Uh, you know, America, America. Uh, the the stuff that we get frustrated about a lot of the time isn't that big of a deal. You know, if you have a roof over your head, you have a close family, you know, you have food to eat, then, uh, and a lot of people do in this country, you're doing pretty well. So be thankful for what you have. Cause you know, you might not always have it. And a lot of people in this world don't. So, uh, and if you right. have the means, you know, give, try to give back, you know, whether it's time or whether it's money, I like to devote, um, you know, g- give as much money as I can. Um, while also, <laughs> trying to be responsible about my retirement and all that stuff too. Um, but, uh, you know, try to be good to each other and, and let's try to take care of everybody in the world and also our, our fellow American citizens, which we don't unfortunately yeah. do that much either. Get out there, get out there and volunteer. If you, if you have the time, you know, I'll be doing that Thanksgiving night, um, be serving, serving some food to some, you know, um, to a shelter around here for battered women. So if you, you know, if you do have the, the means and the time man get out there and do something for somebody else yeah and then uh, also one little plug here try to try to talk to somebody every now and then that doesn't agree with your your opinions for your way of life <laughs> you, you, you know you really can learn from from other people you know this <clears throat> right this liberals hate conservatives and conservatives hate liberal stuff i have no patience for it so let's just try to be reasonable <laughs> you know if it's only you know however many thousand people are listening to this show um at, you know at last count i think it was like forty thousand people a week if um you know if you guys and gals out there if you can take one thing away it's just you know try to be reasonable and let's work together because you get more done working together than uh, than elsewhere but anyway have a great thanksgiving be good and uh, we'll talk to you next week same time same place